from Braided Media. This is 54 Lights. My name is Kandwani Mwase, Ethiopian-born, Canadian-raised, and proudly Malawian. I live in the world of business, but find inspiration, energy, and purpose in creative spaces. This show is my passionate pursuit to better understand what shapes and defines culture. It is the manifestation of my curiosity. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. The goal of this show is to elevate Black voices through authentically told stories of Africans, African descendants, or allies of the community. Our work is done in service of rewriting the African narrative and reclaiming the brand that represents people of color. Now, some months ago, I was honored enough to participate in an ambitious art project. It was the brainchild of Papa Bala Ndong and is a collage of artwork, perspectives, and contributions from people around the globe. It was the product of Setar Spain, SETAR is a global organization with chapters in Canada, Japan, the United States, and across Europe. The acronym stands for the Society for Intercultural Education, Training, and Research. SETAR. Founded in 1974, SETAR was built to draw together professionals engaged in various forms of intercultural learning, various forms of engagement, research, and training. Among their goals is to provide a place where interculturalists can strengthen their bonds and create a space where people from different disciplines, different professions, can come together and communicate efficiently. If ever there was an organization or an ecosystem whose ambitions reflected and echoed what our aspirations are at this show, SETAR is it. For context, Papa Bala Ndong is a human migration expert who has made his way to Spain. He is a humanitarian, an activist, and someone who is, quite frankly, changing the world. His initiative, the aforementioned art project, resulted in the creation of an amazing collage, a printed work that is the launching pad for this conversation. Now, while he's not an author, at least not in the traditional sense, his project, a work of art in the form of a printed artifact, deserves to be showcased, celebrated, and admired as part of this mini-series on authors. It's time. Let's lean in and listen up to the next episode, which is One Hand Doesn't Clap. 
I want to thank you so much for coming and joining me on 54 Lights podcast. Really, really excited to speak to you today. But for the purposes of our audience and myself as well, if you could introduce us by way of telling us your, um, your full name and where it comes from or where you come from, I guess, originally. Thank you so much, Konwani. Uh, and hello to your uh, wonderful listeners. Just quickly, my name is uh, Papa Balandong. Papa Balandong is the full name. I come from Senegal, but uh, I'm living here in Valencia, Spain, over uh, 15 years. I have all my family here. So now I'm assuming because you, Spain is where you live, you now, you now speak three languages, four languages? How many languages do you speak? Yeah, uh, five, five languages. I'm assuming French, Spanish. Yeah, uh, yeah. English, my, my, my own language, Wolof from Senegal. Wolof, okay, I was going to ask what's the Senegalese one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also some Valencian because here I live here in Valencia. Right. Valencia is a, it's a, a other kind of Spanish uh, language. Because mm-hmm. in Spain, you have uh, Castellano, you have uh, Gallego, mm-hmm. uh, you have um, uh, Catalan, and you have uh, Valencian. In Valencian, it's something like uh, close to, to Catalan. So yeah. one day, you can help me get my Spanish back on track. And then, <laughs> um, actually, I should also try and... Je, je parle un peu français parce que j'ai <laughs> habité à Montréal. Ah, oh, d'accord. Mais um, et, uh, c'était un peu plus difficile de parler Complètement en français, donc on va faire ça en anglais, s'il vous plaît. Ah, comme, mais, mais, mais tu parles très bien français, tu as, tu as un bon accent français. Merci beaucoup, merci beaucoup. Uh, for our audience, I just went in there and said, I, I, I should have maybe tried to offer to do this in, in French, but um, my French isn't that good. But thank you for doing this in English. I appreciate that. Listen, this is such a fascinating um, story, that your, your life story that you're exposing me to. Maybe this is a bit of a leading question because now I'm sort of putting the pieces together. But from a background perspective, you're a scholar of migration. Is that not, is that correct? Yeah, is that correct? Yes. So what, what attracted you to that faculty, that field? And, and how have you arrived at, at, at sort of the master's, uh, your PhD in, 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 in migration? Yes, I, I think it's uh, uh, also a very good question because um, as my migration profile, as my migration background, I, I wanted to learn about the causes, the really causes of migration. Uh, you know, uh, migration, is, um, it was the beginning of our life because uh, the human mobility is who made our society. And secondly, uh, my first job uh, here in Spain, Valencia, was about uh, social mediation. Because um, uh, one day in 2004, mm. somebody sent me a job telling me, Papa Bala, we have here one non-organization uh, society has a CR, uh, Spanish uh, National Commission who protect migrants and refugees, they are asking about some professional who can help them around mediation. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure if you send your curriculum, you have a chance uh, to enter in this organization. And I sent, I sent my curriculum 
and they uh, they call me about uh, interview job and after uh, they say okay position it's right for you mm -hmm. and then starting uh, working with them i say i, I saw also uh, here in the valencia university a program of uh, international migration and then because right now i meet my wife uh, i get married and i get a document i get a work permit yeah 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 right now i, I can i can enter uh, to the university uh, to follow my study and then for me right now i'm working in the uh, non governmental organization uh, i want to be to have more uh, skill to help the migration field uh, that's why i integrate uh, the valencia university in the faculty of psychology and doing two years the master's it was a uh, 120 credits and it was also international european program because during the master we have to choose uh, two different university here in france and geneva university in switzerland right and i went because i i'm speaking french i went to geneva during uh, six or uh, another month in uh, with uh, Erasmus. And then uh, for me, uh, working around migration uh, give me also the opportunity to see all the different causes and how we can have something like a sustainable migration policies. Uh, that's why now I'm collaborating with the city council. I was here in Valencia since three years ago the first vice president of the local council of migration and interculturality in the valencia uh, city council during, wow. uh, during over, over over three years uh, mm -hmm. i was again uh, one of the author of the action plan of migration and interculturality uh, for the city council 2019 until 2022 it was something like uh, over 80 action plan mm -hmm. how to help uh, uh, migrant community to have more than a sustainable policy that's why right now what i'm doing i'm helping uh, people i'm helping neighborhood i'm helping city to have more sustainable uh, migration migration policy that's crazy that, uh, not crazy that's that's amazing your 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 impact then is both on the the policy level and on the grassroots level is that is that fair to say so you're writing policy yes yes uh, because, because um, um in, in, the, in the grassroots level uh here um in harid uh, i was the, uh, the 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 coordinator of the um community development area in the community development area, I, I coordinate a lot of projects to bring uh, first uh, the local community with the migration community together. Mm -hmm. And I, I made, um, I coordinate the, uh, the carnival of Rusafa. Uh -huh. If you type it in the in, 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 uh, internet, you can see the carnival mm -hmm. of Rusafa. Mm -hmm. I coordinate also Alex Balconares. Alice Balconari is an art project because we ask different organizations to tell us 
what they want to make visible. For example, uh, Amnesty International. We ask Amnesty International what they want to to make uh, more visible. They want right. to fight, you know, against uh, racism. They want respect of human rights. And we, we call something like 50 artists and give them the title. We tell them, Amnesty International want to do this one. Can you make it art work? Wow. And we have a 50, 50 art, piece of artwork, 50. And we put them in, in, in the balcony, mm. in the neighborhood, in the balcony. And during two weeks, uh, we, make, uh, we made uh, a lot of uh, uh, workshop. With uh, the artists as well? Yes, at, mm. at, at theater exhibitions mm-hmm. and, and, and something like that between the local community and between the migration community. And about the migration policies, I integrate two groups in the city council, giving to the mayor of Valencia different key, how he have to, to get a more sustainable migration policies, uh, because we ask the migrant the problems they, they, that they need. They're facing, yeah. That they're facing. And all these problems, we write it in, in a book and we give uh, this agenda to the mayor of Valencia. It's one. And the second one, yeah. right now, if you come to Valencia since uh, uh, this year, March, mm-hmm. uh, the big place of uh, Valencia City Council is right now a, pe- a paternal place. Paternal place. Yeah. And, this, and this paternal place, I was uh, the only migrant to be in the, in the group who structure uh, the mechanism of this paternal place. And I remember uh, during the workshop, uh, I, I told them uh, this place uh, uh, should be have something like a, um, a, um, a picture, sculpture, who right. reflect, reflect the interculturality. Uh, oh, because uh, Valencia is sure for Valencian people, but a lot of uh, foreign and migrant people are here. Mm-hmm. And this place uh, should reflect, you know, uh, migration, some, 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 uh, something like that. And yeah, then, it should be symbolic uh, of, of the community, which is mixed or yes, relatively yes, mixed. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's why uh, for that, uh, I'm sure uh, maybe uh, after uh, one year, I will be not here. But, but this one, you can see it uh, here in, in Valencia. Yeah. And we remember uh, one years or two, uh, 100 years or 200 years before Papa Bala here yeah. in Valencia are contributed to, uh, to, to, to make it. Oh, that's, that's, um, that's really inspiring, Papa Bala. And, and you you've definitely looks like you're contributing in so, on so many different fronts. Um, it, it must be quite difficult to work in both the, the private sector sort of, or the, the sort of the, the community, rather, and then to take that to the private sector and the, the government, uh, the public sector, and, to, and get movement. Because those are sometimes that, that feels like it's a, a, it would be a difficult struggle. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, another difficult struggle, which is the fact that, you know, you are dealing with um, with migrants, people who are um, sort of not uh, native, if you will, to that homeland. There must be a lot of friction that comes with that. You have people who are moving from their homeland 
for whatever reason, opportunity, war, like it could be a whole lot of different reasons. They're leaving their comfort zone and they're coming to a new place. And in some places, that new place, in some cases rather, that new place is not welcoming of them because they are foreign, because they are outsiders. They're coming to take jobs and stuff like that. How do you navigate, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I would assume would be a lot of friction in, in, in those instances? Yes, uh, that's a very good uh, uh, question and point, um, uh, Konbani, uh, because as you know, you can say uh, racism is uh, in different way. Uh, we can say and problem is the institutional racism. The institutional racism, I just want to uh, give you uh, one local example. Here in Spain, uh, we have uh, the foreign laws. In the foreign laws, uh, because um, sometimes um, here in Valencia, in the train station, or in the bus station, uh, every day, every time you can see a policeman stopping uh, black people, asking them documents. Like their ID, because, their, their, their uh, yes, papers like, and stuff. Yeah. Yes, like the ID, uh, because they, 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 they do it uh, because they, it's a, a policial control uh, for uh, uh, ethnical profile. Mm. Because all the black people are not criminal, uh, criminals. Yeah. And then yeah. this one, it means have uh, uh, institutional system yeah. in, 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 in the laws. But this institutional racism uh, protect the social racism. Uh, because sometimes here in Valencia, Spain, in Europe, Migrants, they have a lot of, they, they face, they are facing uh, uh, with a lot of problems to rent a house, mm -hmm. uh, to rent a room. This is a social racism. Yeah. And then uh, we can find also the uh, manifest racism. The manifest racism is like hate speech. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of speech, uh, it's migrant, they don't have to be here. Yeah. And yeah, then they leverage that, and, yeah, yeah. And and, and the, the second side, you have also subtle hmm. racism, yeah. The subtle racism is when you have to participate in a job interview and you have a African name, they say, Oh, uh, uh this job or oh, this position is not allowed, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a subtle racism, yeah, but uh, but um. Uh, sometime uh, what I'm doing here in Spain, uh, I'm each year sometime uh, doing other more than 300 workshop. More yeah, than the workshop. The workshop. workshop. Yeah, yeah, workshop in in, in uh, Spanish uh, school. Oh, okay. So you do it yeah. to, to students. Yeah, to students, to the kids, mm -hmm. and then I, I teach them what's racism because, as you know. So uh, you are not born as a racist, but yeah. you are educated as racist. Yeah. And then that's why in different school, uh, what I'm talking is uh, what's racism and what you have to do to overcome the racism. Wow. And so then, so your, your, your approach is that 
because people are taught racism, the best way to combat that is to go in at a younger age yeah. and, and teach them what it is and hopefully curb them from going into that indoctrination. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Because, it, because, uh, because to fight it, uh, it's uh, about education. I find, and this is, you know, maybe a little bit of a personal question, but I find it really interesting when people are working in the field that you do. It is, it feels like it's thankless work and it happens in the background. It happens at the school level. It happens when you're pulling together this, this beautiful um, 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 journal and you're pulling all these ideas together and you're working towards, you know, this goal of openness and tolerance and, and, and diversity and inclusion. How do you manage that emotionally? I can also uh, respond this question about African proverb, uh, about uh, Senegal proverb uh, in language of Senegal uh, telling or saying, Ben Loho, do tachu. Benu loho do tachu means uh, one hand doesn't clap. It takes <laughs> it takes two hands to clap. That's why we need to be together. Uh, the local community and the migrant community have to should be together uh, to overcome the uh, obstacles that we are finding every day, every time. Uh, that's why, uh, sure, um, all things what I'm doing, it's uh, coming from my, um, uh, my, personal, uh, my personal life, my, my personal culture, who sometimes uh, push me uh, to do collectively strategy, uh, because I think uh, one culture right now doesn't work. Uh, we need different culture, we need a different strategy to overcome the different difficult the different obstacles that you are facing every day, every time. I'm going to ask you this last question. Je vais, je vais demander, uh, in, I'll ask it in French. Je vais ah, demander bien. en français parce que je, je pense, uh, je, je vais essayer en français. Merci. Mais um, la question, the, the question is, quite frankly, um, is what do you do to relax? Donc, qu'est-ce que vous faites, uh, Papa Bala, pour pour vous relaxer, pour vous uh, mettre une souris, pour uh, <laughs> reposer. Uh, <laughs> Qu'est-ce que vous faites, uh, monsieur? <laughs> D'accord, je crois que c'est une très bonne question et je suis très content d'avoir cette opportunité de parler avec vous sur tous les thèmes qu'on a abordés. Alors, la réponse rapide, ça peut être une chose. Quand vraiment j'aide des gens, ça me relaxe. Quand, par exemple, je sors d'une école, d'un lycée, ici, quand je sensibilise les jeunes enfants sur le racisme et quand je vois le sourire qu'ils ont, et ça, ça me relaxe. En plus, aussi, quand je vois un migrant qui vient d'arriver, on me dit, papa, voilà, il y a un migrant qui vient d'arriver, est-ce que tu peux nous aider pour, pour l'interpréter sur ça Ça me relaxe. Quand il y a un migrant que les gens pensent qu'il est fou, c'est un malade mental, il est à l'hôpital, les gens ne le comprennent pas, il m'appelle quand je viens, quand je parle avec cette personne, quand il me regarde, il est guéri, et ça, ça me soulage. Parce que c'est vrai que la santé aussi, c'est un produit culturel. Alors, après tout, quelquefois, ici à Valence, dans les montagnes, on a une petite maison, et avec ma famille, ma femme et mes enfants, les, les fins de semaine, en général, on est là, bah, oui. et ça, ça me relaxe aussi. 
Oui, oui, oui. Ça, c'est très, très, très bon. Excusez-moi, j'ai commencé à, à, à rire parce que euh, toutes les choses avant la famille, vous avez fait, euh, vous avez euh, euh, montré des, des exemples euh, de travail. En fait, euh, votre travail, vous... I'm saying that I was laughing in part of your response there. It was inappropriate to laugh, um, but um, the, your response was to, to essentially point to two different areas. One is your family. Um, and then the, the, the second one is, you know, when you go and you do a workshop and you teach young people and they get the, they understand uh, what, what racism is and what they should do to avoid it. When you're helping a migrant um, who needs help, Uh, who's in a hospital, perhaps, and is not being understood, um, that, that gives you a, a, a reason to smile. So all of the examples that you were bringing um, made me laugh because they are emblematic of when you are working, you are, you are smiling. So that's what I thought that was funny. Um, and not, not the work itself, but the fact that that's what makes you smile, that's what makes you relax. Um, Papa Bala, merci beaucoup. Thank you so, so much. Merci. Merci profondément pour votre temps, pour votre énergie, pour Merci. tout ce que vous faites pour la communauté. Thank Merci. you so much for everything that you do for the community. Thank you for taking the time with us. It's early morning where I am. It's late afternoon where you are. You take time out of your day to speak with me and to the audience. And um, um, it's heartfelt work you do. And uh, we are all privileged to, to hear this story. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> So there you have it. The conversation continues. Part of our show was recorded and produced at Culture Light Studios, the soundstage and auditory office of 54 Lights. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by Multiformats, an amazing duo based in Europe. I'd like to thank Papa Bala and Dong for being so selfless in this interview and in his work. I was honored to be a part of your book, and I'm even more honored to have met, spoken, and retain you as a friend. I'd also like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in and lending us your ears for this important conversation. This episode represents the close of our spotlight on authors. If you haven't yet heard all of them, I invite you to jump back a few episodes and have a listen to some great conversations. Of course, if this is your first foray into our light show, I also invite you to jump even further back and listen to all of the great conversations I've had with creators. Remember that the best way to stay informed and make sure you never miss an episode, past, present, or future, is to subscribe. You should do that right away on the listening platform of your choice. You can find us wherever you do that. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. And of course, if you enjoy some social sprinkled in with your listening experience, please follow us on Twitter or Instagram at our handle, Crowd54. Listen, like, share. This is your host, Kandwani Mwase speaking. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. Okay, welcome to this uh, segment of Lights After Dark.
for those of you who are new to this segment, um, it is a um, an unfiltered look back at an episode that was. I'm going to do this every once in a while and just spend a few minutes talking to you about a part of the interview, either the interviewee, the subject matter, or just my perceptions on how the episode went. For the most part, I will try and do this with a guest, so with uh, with a separate guest, rather, um, with somebody who's a listener or a fan of the shows, somebody who is um, in my circle and or who has a connection to the topic or the interviewee at hand. Um, for today, I want to talk about the the language of the show, the languages spoken in the episode. As, as noted in the show, Papa Bala speaks five different languages. Um, I, at a maximum, speak 1.75, let's say. I would say I'm fully bilingual in French, but I'm, I'm not perfect at it, so that's why I'll say 1.75. And then I have a little bit of Spanish in my background um, as well, so I studied Spanish um, years ago in high school. Um, but it's, it's obvious that when I went into the interview, when I was deciding and, and, and we were having our back and forth to prepare for the interview, there was a moment where I had a choice to say, hey, can I do this interview in French? And it just dawned on me that I couldn't. I couldn't hold a whole conversation with him in French for about 40 plus minutes that would have been additive and informative and as deep as I wanted it to. So we, we, we elected to do the interview in English. Um, you know, obviously I should, I should state as well that, that 95% of the countries that I, uh, that this show is, is, is published in or is broadcast in are primarily English speaking countries. So, um, so the choice was an obvious one, but, you know, after having some oxygen and some time away from the show, I just wanted to point out that one of the things that I really, really took away profound things that I took away from the show was how courageous it was for Papa Bala to engage me in a deep conversation in one of his five languages. He's fluent in those five languages, of that there is no doubt, but it is not his native tongue. And I sometimes wonder if I would ever have the courage to dive deep in a language that was not my my uh, my native tongue. So, you know, it's a, it's a rather... Um, a short reflection this time, but today's episode, I just wanted to um, talk in this segment about the journey to get to the language uh, of the episode, which obviously was English, and uh, and to commend Papa Balandong for for engaging me in uh, in a in a language that was not his um, primary language. Okay, that's about it. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I hope you enjoyed this segment of Lights After Dark. Looking forward to the next one.